bird 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 is the word we're back it's the detroiter motor city mitten state i'm your host nick bradley presented by the second string this fucking chair the second string.com hard knocks hard knocks hard knocks hard knocks let's start at the obvious part here i think the detroit lions are gonna win the super bowl this year based off of that first episode Dan Campbell it should be up there with the likes of Leo DiCaprio as far as charisma and charm. Um, he could go toe for toe with Dwayne The Rock Johnson as far as jackedness and just like looks like his body is made out of concrete. Um, he could go up against Ryan Gosling as far as his smoothness and his suave. If you don't believe in Dan Campbell, you never believed in Santa Claus. There's no chance you ever believed in the Easter Bunny. And you stayed up at night watching your parents replace your loose teeth with quarters. I don't know how you don't believe. I just don't get it. And that's the thing with the Lions as it is. You know, it is the Lions. It's the fucking worst team to ever do it. It's the worst team to ever do it. Um, 1991, last playoff victory. That's so fucking long ago. I was negative six. They haven't won. They haven't even hosted a playoff game since I was born. Um, They still lose games in mind-boggling ways every single year. I was at the Ravens game last year. Still makes me angry just thinking about what I felt like when that game ended. But how do you not believe in Dan Campbell and the new regime? At some point, it's like you got to let sleeping dogs lie, right? All the people, I make these videos and I make the podcasts and all these people get in my face in the comments and go, you're crazy. The Lions are the Lions. They'll never turn it around. All this negative shit. Can't stand it. I don't understand though. Like, what are you going to do? Just never think they'll ever win. Never buy in one time. Never believe a little bit. Forever, the Lions are just going to be bad. The Cubs won a World Series. 108 years or whatever it was, they won a World Series. You don't think people were like that with the Chicago Cubs? 108? 108 years, that's fake. That's a fake amount of time to not win. How are you going to just forever be negative about the Detroit Lions? And then on top of that, the guy is Dan Campbell leading the team. You watch him for an hour on HBO tonight. You watch the way he talks to his team. You watch the way he chews that tobacco. I mean, my God, can you imagine the head rush he had? You watch the way he leads what he's about. The guy said grit 500 times in the episode. He's doing down-ups. He nearly killed himself. He nearly killed his poor dogs. Greater than that, he slipped over the gate, nearly stepped on the dogs, tweaked his wrist, and he's still out there ripping 30 straight down-ups with the fellas. Do you know how hard 30 straight down-ups is? I was at the beach a couple weeks ago. I tried to do 20 in a row, barely made it. 30? The guy's like 40 years old. I. How do you not believe in him? It is different than the likes of Matt Patricia. That guy was rolling around on a four-wheeler eating pizzas, blowing his whistle. Dan Campbell would refuse. He said, hey, Dan, I'll give you back a ride back to the locker room. I think he might punch you in the face for even offering. He's going to sprint to the locker room. He's going to race DeAndre Swift back to the locker room. It's time to believe, or at least right now it is. At least right now. This season might not go well. They probably won't win the Super Bowl. I was, I was, I don't know, being hopeful, being a little over the top when I first said that right at the beginning. They probably won't win the Super Bowl. How do you not believe right now in the Detroit Lions? This is the time of year. This is why we exist. This is why I have air in my lungs and I'm doing this. Is the month of August. Is leading up 
to when the season actually starts and numbers start going in the win and loss column. That's the, that's the shitty part of being a Lions fan. This is the part where it's fun, where you're high-fiving your buddy in the hallway, where you're smiling seeing clips of Dan Campbell on the internet, where you hear Jamal Williams break it down, talking about if you want to piss with the puppies, stay on the porch, let the big dogs eat. What's up, dude? I'm supposed to think about decades of failure during that when his voice is cracking and the guy's damn near crying, talking about fuck last year's record. I'm supposed to be thinking about the history of the Lions. I'm supposed to divert my attention away from being like, oh my God, these guys are different. These guys want it more. These guys have been through the struggle. They've added the pieces they want to work. They want to win not only for themselves and just because winning's fun, but for Dan Campbell, they want to prove Brad Holmes right. They want to resurrect Detroit, the football team in the city that we know has starved for so long. Uh, what do you like? How do you not buy in? I just don't understand. Episode was awesome. I'm for sure going to be convinced they're going to win like 14 games by the time of the, the uh, hard knock sends. I just, I, I just can't help it. I don't know. I'm like one episode in. I'm like, they'll probably make the playoffs. Like four more. I get three, four, whatever it is more. They're, they're, I'm going to be convinced. I'm going to put everything I own on them winning the Super Bowl by the end. Don't look now. Jared Goff with a couple dimes in the highlight reels. DJ Chark laying out looking like a skinny Megatron. DeAndre Swift putting people in a blender. Jamal Williams being the hardest worker on the field. Aiden Hutchinson doing battle with last year's first round pick, Penny Sewell. Each of them getting the best of each other in different moments. Are you kidding me? They've added pieces. They've brought back guys. DeAndre Swift will be better. Goff, I gotta believe, will be better. Hawk, better. Amon Ra, better. Tracy Walker, better. Malcolm Rodriguez is out here hitting the breakdown and then laying people out on screen passes. Our coaches want it more than other teams' coaches. Aaron Glenn and Deuce Staley are about to straight up wrestle each other over shit that they're not even doing. They're just watching guys play football and they want to fight each other. Are you kidding me? That kind of competitive spirit, that kind of iron sharpening iron, double iron, and I'm supposed to not believe? Doesn't compute. Error. Doesn't compute. Doesn't make sense. Will never make sense. I can't do it. I simply won't. Um, and I don't know how you will either. If we get into the season and we start out 0-2, 0-3, 0-4, okay, fine. Yeah, it's the Lions. Same old Lions. They stink. It's more of the same. Fine. I'm, I won't argue with you that. Right now, August 10th, after that first episode of Hard Knocks, after seeing what they're talking about, like they're not just saying, let's work hard, that generic shit. They're referencing being dog water last year. They're talking about how they specifically know how they want to beat teams. They don't want to outflash you. They don't want to be more gifted, more skilled than you. They just want to want it more than you. They don't even necessarily want to be the better football player. They just want to have a stronger power of will than Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And that's all controllable. That's the beauty of it. You decide how hard you go every day in practice. You decide when you tap out in the game. You decide when you're like, eh, it's too tired. I'm actually not going to contain the quarterback on this one. You, That's all you. It doesn't have anything to do with how many times you can bench press, how fast you can run, how high you can jump, none of that shit. How bad do you want to win the game? How long? How tired are you willing to get and still do your job? They they straight up 
are specifically saying the way they want to beat teams. It's hand-in-hand with the way Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes want to beat teams, and it is the number one way to beat teams. It is the number one equalizer where maybe Aaron Rodgers is better than your quarterback. Maybe their defense is better or more talented than your defense. Maybe they do have Julio Jones, and you know what? You just can't stop them. The number one equalizer wanted more than those fucking clowns across the line of scrimmage. Be more dedicated. Put more effort in. Bust your ass harder. Practice longer. Compete more. Like, it's there. You can do it. What's the old thing? Or Talent? Or no, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Facts. That's the Detroit. The Detroit Lions beat the Green Bay Packers when the Green Bay Packers don't work hard. Facts, because the Detroit Lions bet your ass will be working hard day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. That's the vibe I got from this first episode. It was a dandy. I feel like I don't know how many seasons they've done of Hard Knocks now. I can't even remember all the teams. This has to be the number one watch. By the end of it with Dan Campbell, with all these guys, Aiden Hutchinson, kind of an electric personality, Billy Jean, that's my lover. Jamal Williams is a bit of a clown. Jared Goff, kind of an interesting story. DeAndre Swift, badass. Um, all these coaches, like former NFL guys, kind of notable names. A ragtag crew of coaches, like the team. Yeah, a lot of guys coming together. A lot of guys that haven't experienced success in the NFL. But the coaches, a lot of coaches that are kind of just picked and plucked from random different places, coming together in this melting pot, led by kind of an unconventional guy like Dan Campbell, a dude who gets ripped on for being too bro-y or too, like, I don't know, not surgical enough. He's not enough like Bill Belichick where he doesn't say anything and everybody perceives him to be a genius because Dan Campbell isn't that way. People seem to think he can't possibly be a good coach. Fuck that noise. I love the dynamic. Like, everybody's got something to prove. There's a chip on the shoulder of the players for sure. There's a chip on the shoulder of the front office, Brad Holmes. He's trying to prove himself on his own, running his own ship. And there sure as hell is a chip on the shoulder of all the coaches. Like you could kind of feel that even in that first episode. I know they've talked about it a bunch leading up, like Ben Johnson. This will be his first year calling plays for the Cats. Aaron Glenn was getting looked at a little bit for head coaching jobs this offseason, ultimately passed over. Randall L. Deuce Staley talked about successful players, long NFL careers, notable guys. Haven't, you know, haven't really had this much responsibility or authority on an NFL team before. And then you mix all of that in. The fact that everybody has something to prove. Like, it would be a cool setup if they were in New England. Oh, all the coaches, they got shit, you know, they haven't really done anything. All the players, that'd be a cool setup there. The fact that they all got something to prove and want to show the world, hey, I can do this, I can do more. And they all are meeting up in Detroit the definition of a team of a city who wants to prove they got more, who wants to show everyone what they really are capable of. You can't write a better script like HBO. When this all came together, this off season, don't know who the exec is there had the cream had to everywhere ruined a couple computer monitors too. I would imagine, right. Had to throw out that cup of coffee, wash the glass and get another. You can't write it better than this. If you're a television network, if you're a fan of football, like Lion fan, not Lion fan, Green Bay fan, doesn't matter which fan, you got to be pretty excited watching these guys. You got to be kind of interested, like, fuck, we know Detroit's been the worst. Why have they been the worst? Is this Dan Campbell guy, like, does it feel like they're the worst, even though he's a pretty rah, rah, upbeat, positive vibes guy? Does it still feel like, does it permeate the fact that you're the Detroit Lions? 
does it counteract that? What is it exactly? Like, you got to be excited to see what it's like. And that's the other fun part of this season of Hard Knocks is obviously us Lions fans are going to enjoy it. I feel like we've been clamoring for this and ready for this to happen for years now. But outside Lions fans, all NFL fans, like this is, I feel like, pretty exciting, pretty intriguing if you're a non-biased, no attachment to the Lions NFL fan. And I'm excited. I hope it makes a lot of people, not that we need more fans, but take have an appreciation for the Lions, have an appreciation for the fans here, and ultimately have an appreciation for Dan Campbell. So when they see that shit peddled in the media, oh, Dan Campbell can't be a good coach because he wears the NASCAR helmet the weekend of the Indy Grand Prix. Remember that shit? Oh, Dan Campbell can't possibly be a good coach because he's too loud and rah-rah. Molly Kareem, I like my coaches to be quiet. He can't po- – or what was it? Uh, Mina Kimes, one of them too. I like my coaches to be quiet. Dan Campbell, I, I just don't think he'll be a good coach because he, he's too loud. He talks too much. He makes too many jokes. Huh? I'm hoping Hard Knock shows people that's fucking crazy for somebody to say that. This is what Dan Campbell – yeah, he's loud. Yeah, he talks a lot. Yeah, he likes to make some jokes. Yeah, he's kind of a funny guy, even when he's not intending to be. Yeah, fine, fair enough. He knows how to bring people together. He knows how to get people push in one direction to complete a common goal. So when ESPN or CBS Sports or whoever pumps shit out, oh, Detroit recycling coach is Dan Campbell, wears Grand Prix helmet to press conference. This is why he'll never win in Detroit. What, dude? You watch the hard knocks. You know that's bullshit. You know Dan Campbell has these guys where he needs them. Are they talented enough? Will they pull through? Will they execute when it comes down to it on Sunday afternoons? We shall see. But I'm excited for Hard Knocks to show the world what we've seen. There's a reason, even though we are the Lions. Like, nobody is more aware of being a Lions fan than Lions fans. People on Twitter, anytime I'm, like, speaking highly of Dan Campbell or I make a video and I get all excited, people are like, LOL, the Lions haven't won in 30-something years. Nobody knows that more than me, dude. Uh, we're fu- we're literally Lions fans. You think we don't know we fucking stink? You think we think we're the Patriots? No, but we get excited because a guy like Dan Campbell is different. Because a guy like Dan Campbell does make us believe, and I'm a sucker for believing, no doubt about it. I believed in Matt Patricia right when he got here, but you jump off the band quick. That three-win season last year with Matt Patricia feels a whole lot different coming into this year than it does with Dan Campbell. Fact. Fact. And now the whole world's going to see it. And I can't wait. Quick break. We'll break down the episode. Hey, hey, Melly Jean, that's my lover. Best scene in the episode. Bang, bar none, Aiden Hutchinson breaking it fucking down. All he was missing was the white glove and the pedophilia charges. Kidding. That's a joke. That is a joke. That song was sick, though. Started off a little shaky for the young man from Dearborn. Um, first try, messed up the words immediately. Told on himself, too. I wouldn't have noticed. I don't know the word. Like, just go with it, Aiden. Nobody knows. Tells on himself shit, wants to restart. But he finds his stride, doesn't he? And then a couple more seconds in and the whole team is just bouncing up and down, singing along. That was the most exciting thing I've seen on a television screen I didn't even since like MSU beat Michigan, probably. That was fucking awesome. I wish I was there. I don't even like, I could leave right after that. I just wish I was there to feel that, to feel something. 
It's like a cheap concert, except better. Best scene in the in uh, today's episode. Aiden Hutchinson. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna love the guy by the end. Uh, crazy to me, crazy to me that there are Michigan State people. I'm sure there are Ohio State fans out there that are also Lions fans. Crazy to me that there are Lions fans, fans of those schools, and are gonna refuse to to like root on Aiden Hutchinson because of that. Great. Did you see the performance he just put on? This guy, forget hard knocks. This guy wanted a Grammy. Be, he went to Michigan. You're just out on him. Come on, dude. And then, if like 20, 30 minutes later, he's toasting Penny Sewell off the edge. We got clips of Penny Sewell on the hot mic going, fuck, he's good. Going, when he sat his ass down, I thought it was bull for sure. And then he was gone. You don't want to root. A, I just hop on the bandwagon. He's going to be a good player. The coaches sit in their room at that one point and go, yeah, Hutchinson's a stud. He's a bona fide lock. What's up, bro? And because he went to Michigan, you don't want to be a fan, dude. It's the Detroit Lions. It's the overarching umbrella. It's where this all starts and ends. Who gives a fuck that he went to Michigan? The guy is going to be a stud on the defensive line. He's going to upgrade the defense times 10. He is the best player in the draft at the most important position on a defense that stunk last year. He's crucial. He's crucial. Like outside of maybe Jared Goff and somebody, you know, with a massive injury, Aiden Hutchinson being good is probably the most important part of the Lions being good this year. Like if he dominates a little bit, I, I don't I mean dominate strong word maybe, but like 10 sacks, 11 sacks, like he has a very good year right off the rip. That defense is going to be way better. And if the offense does what it looks like it should do, they're going to win like eight games for sure if Aiden Hutchinson can do that. But people out there don't want to root for him because he went to Michigan. Insane to me. Unbelievable performance from Aiden. Already a fan. And then we get a shot of him hanging out in the ice bath with that other guy. Can't remember his name. Sorry. Um, he seems like also his sister. She might be the star of the episode. Dude, I don't know. I wonder how he feels about that. Like if you're Aiden Hutchinson on the couch tonight in Detroit and they're just panning in on your sister and you're like, God damn it, dude. Like your teammates are watching that. What is he's still like 22, 23. He's playing with 23 year olds, 24 year olds. They're all watching your friends from college are watching your friends from high school. Like everybody on the fucking planet internet exists. The t- Twitter exists. They're all watching and they're just giving your sister FaceTime <sighs> for as great as an episode he had. It might come out as a net negative for the Hutch man, but love them. It seems like he's going to get a lot of airtime, which is great. Easy choice, right? Like if you are the Hard Knocks crew and you're going to focus in on people, Aiden Hutchinson, hometown kid, Heisman contender at Michigan. They win the Big Ten. Hot family members like, yes, we're going to spend time with Aiden Hutchinson. And I'm all about it. I hope they spend more. I hope. I don't know. I haven't watched Hard Knocks in a long time, so I can't really remember how it works exactly. But I hope it doesn't – it's not one of those things where, all right, Hutchinson was in the first episode, so we won't see him again until the fourth. I hope we touch in on him every week. Just what's what's Aiden up to? How's Aiden doing? He's still beating Penny's ass? Is he hanging out in the ice bath with anybody new? Is he talking to Jared Goff? Are they bonding at all? Is he hanging out with Dan Campbell? What do they have to say to each other? Like, let's just touch in on Aiden. Let's get to know Aiden in a hurry. A few other storylines. Um, I love the, the Deuce Daily, Aaron Glenn. Just gas me up. Like, 
it would be sick to see players doing that. Like if DJ Chark and Omani Oruwarie were going at it, like, you suck. You don't even know we're playing. Oh, congrats. You stopped the screen. If they were just running their mouse all game, all scrimmage at each other, I would be so down for that. We got coaches. We got a running back coach with the defensive coordinator. Just every play, this guy is a nuisance. Every single play, he's just yelling shit in Aaron Glenn's ear. Every single play. That The coaches. The coaches are doing that to each other. That was like someone doing a Richard Sherman impersonation. Deuce Staley, dead serious. He is that annoying. He does talk that much shit. You don't think Aaron Glenn wants to shut that dude's yap for him in the form of the defense dominating? And you don't want think Deuce, you don't think Deuce Staley wants his offense to run a train through them so he can keep running his mouth? Like, talk about competition breeding success. That fires you up. And the best part is my favorite thing about it. There was one scene where they like walk back behind the line of scrimmage and they're just yelling over at each other over fucking who knows. And Dan Campbell's just standing there like doesn't even notice him. It's not like, hey, all right, like, whoa, you guys, nothing. Just business as usual. Just doesn't even hear him anymore. He's so used to it. I love that because it's every single day. Who wants it more? Who's better today? Who gets to talk? The offense or the defense? Who gets to tell you we kicked your sorry ass today who gets to do that on a daily basis because the coaches know and the coaches will let you know because that like they said again dude i i don't know if i'm just repeating what i saw or if uh we myself and the detroit lions coaching staff form some kind of mega mind it's like a trickle down effect you get the coaches doing that shit running their mouths wanting to be better if nothing else, then for the sake of talking, all of a sudden the players take it a little more personally. All of a sudden DJ Chark wants to get open that much more. All of a sudden AO wants to intercept the pass that much more. If nothing else, then for the sake of talking. Because like they've always said, and the big NFL thing is, hey, it gets stale before the preseason. You get tired of hitting your own guys. You want to go hit somebody else. How do you keep it fresh? Talk immense amounts of shit. Make the other person angry. Make them get to the point where they see you as the enemy. That's how badly they want to beat you. And it starts with the coaches. Um, I thought that was electric. Also awesome how they're just boys. Aaron Glenn and Deuce Staley. That whole sequence. I feel like we're going to get a lot from the assistant coaches. Like they kind of got a decent amount of face time. Those two, um, Antoine randall had a few little interviews. Mark Brunel. I feel like him and Jared Goff. I would imagine the quarterback and Jared Goff, he kind of has an interesting story coming from L.A., making the Super Bowl. McVay, kind of an asshole to him, right? Like, not Jared Goff's not Pat Mahomes, but McVay kind of did him dirty. He runs him out of town. McVay wins a Super Bowl the next year. Jared Goff is on the second worst team in the NFL. Like, there's a little bit of a redemption factor there, hand-in-hand hand once again with the coaching staff and with the story of the Detroit Lions. There's a little something there. Mark Brunel former NFL guy like they showed Super Bowl champ. Seems like he has some personality, so I assume he'll be in it a little bit more. I got to believe Aaron Glenn, Deuce Staley, um, for sure Dan Campbell. I hope they even go into Brad Holmes a little bit. Like I, I've seen those, the Lions put out those YouTube videos where Brad Holmes talks a lot. I wouldn't hate learning more about him. I want to figure out what the guy who runs the entire show thinks. I want to see how he feels like I want to see Brad Holmes watch a practice. Is he getting gassed up when our coaches are yelling at each other? When Penny Sewell and Aiden Hutchinson are going to fucking war? Is Brad Holmes on the sideline just like, let's go. I can't yell because I'm in a suit, but let's go. Like, how does he feel? I want to learn more about him. Dan Campbell, 
100% is getting more spotlight. We already talked about him. I'm very excited. Jared Goff, um, Amon Ra, I wouldn't hate a little bit more on. Like, interesting rookie last year. Kind of, what was he, a fourth-round pick? Nobody really expected a ton of him. Bursts onto the scene, has a nice year, and now I think people are expecting something of Amon Ra St. Brown going into year two. We're counting on him to be a threat, certainly in like the short to mid-bit game passing range. I wouldn't mind talking to Penne a little bit more. He seems like a dude that has some personality. He's also a dude we're fucking heavily relying on. And they touched on it a little bit. I wouldn't hate more, though. Like, he's in this day-in and day-out battle with the second-round pick, Aiden Hutchinson. He's the guy. Like, Dan Campbell is essentially going, hey, Penne. Like, we're going to coach Aiden Hutchinson and everything, but, like, you will be the reason he becomes good or doesn't. It's on you. We're putting Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson's future in your hands. We need you to give him every single thing you have every single thing, every single day because that's the only way he reaches his max potential. So I wouldn't hate a little bit of Penne, but I think the number one thing that they didn't touch on today because it was a lot of Dan Campbell – a lot of team meetings, a lot of generic shit, like nothing, nothing too personal outside of the Aiden stuff. Give me a little bit of Jamison Williams. We got to, right? I know he's not playing. He's not practicing. All right, whatever, dude. Like we can talk to him. What's he doing for rehab? There's questions there. Fell. He's got an interesting story, kind of an underdog. Left Ohio State to go to Alabama because he couldn't get PT at Ohio State. Absolutely dominates at Alabama. Tears his ACL at the end of the season, which blows. He knows it. You know it. I know it. Blows. Knows it's going to hurt his draft stock. Slides a little in the draft. Now he's rehabbing. Now he's feeling good. He's working on playing again. And you know damn well. In his mind, he's sitting there like, bro, they took how many receivers in front of me? I know I'm the best receiver in the draft. They all got lucky that I tore my ACL right before the season ended. Like, you know he's feeling that way. Let's talk to him. Let's get him to say that. I want to hear how he feels about being in Detroit. We know Aiden Hutchinson's gassed up to be here. Hometown boy. Fucking could be Dan Campbell's kid. You could convince me of it at least. How does Jamison Williams feel about catching balls from Jared Goff? How does Jamison Williams feel about the receiving core we already got with Chark and Hawkinson and St. Brown? How does Jamison Williams feel about playing in Detroit? Playing for a franchise like the Lions where you were just at Alabama where they're like the dead opposite. What's it feel like coming to a historically impoverished franchise? What's that like, Jamison? Let's talk to him. I want to learn. I don't know shit about Jamison Williams. Probably growing up in or living in Michigan last year during the football season, being an MSU fan, like I'm going to see more on Hutch. I'm going to hear more from Hutch. Makes sense. I'd still like to hear something from Jamison. Let's just see what he's like. Let me learn the dude's personality a little bit before he comes back in week eight and still somehow manages to have 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns. Let's learn a little bit more about him and another guy. Maybe the number one key guy, and they will. That's the thing is it's going to end up focusing on dudes that are right on the brink of making the roster. So all these guys that we don't even know their names right now, that's who it will end up focusing on, which it is what it is. That's the way the show goes. Um that's, you know, that's like where the most drama is. So whatever. And it'll be fine. It'll be fun, I'm sure. One other storyline they didn't even make any mention of today that I need, I need, I need to see something of. We got to hear from number one, Free Hefe, Jeff Okuda. 
just a little bit, just a little bit, maybe the most underdog story of all these different people and groups we've talked about. Big-time player out of high school, big-time player at Ohio State, third overall pick, comes to Detroit, struggles, hurt. Year two, plays like, what, two games, hurt. Now we're coming into year three. He's off a torn Achilles. He can read. He has an internet connection. People, Jeff Okuda's a wash. Terrible pick. Damn, Jeff Okuda's a bum. Oh, but they should have taken this guy instead of Okuda. Bro, he knows it. Smart dude. And it seems like from everything I've read, didn't see any of them today. Everything I've read, everything I've seen on the internet about Jeff Okuda and bouncing back from this Achilles, he seems laser fucking focused. Like, that's all he cares about, dude. Doesn't care about the money, not interested in partying, doesn't give a rat's ass about anything than becoming a dominant cornerback in the NFL, living up to that third overall pick. I want to see Jeff Okuda. I want to learn about him. What is his thought process like? Like how fucking down bad was he when he tore his Achilles? What was his mentality coming off the Achilles when he could start running again? Start working out again. Start training and getting prepared for this season. What was the mentality like? Fuck it, whatever, or I'm going to be great again. I want to see how he feels. I want to see his attitude towards everything, towards his own career, obviously towards the team and the Lions and Dan Campbell and what he thinks they're capable of this year. I want to see his attitude towards the the detractors, towards the people who say, oh, he's washed. Oh, he's a waste of a pick. I want to see how he feels about that. I just want to learn about Jeff Okuda. Yeah, let's track the recovery. Let's see if he's playing well. Let's see if he's maybe going to have a chance at being a starter and playing some meaningful snaps for sure. It's whatever, though. I'll watch him on Sundays. Let's learn about him, dude. How hard is he grinding? How bad does he want it? How how fucking like personal does he take that? The overrated the washed, the bus talk, how near and dear to his heart does he make that drive him to wake up at 5 a.m. and just hit weights to get to the field an hour before practice and just run fucking drills, watch tape, get better, be the dude that he was at Ohio State because the Achilles injury hurts. We'll see how he bounces back, but I, I, I don't understand the whole like you're sick at corner and then you just aren't anymore. I know people get bigger, faster, stronger in the NFL for sure. Those dudes he was playing at Ohio State were fucking animals too. It's not like he was going against high school kids. And it was locks. It wasn't even a game for him. It was easy mode. Can't forget. You can't totally forget how cornerback works. You can't get wiped with the men in black thing and forget how coverages work. Forget how to read an offense. Forget how to play man. Forget technique. Like That doesn't just vanish from your memory bank. You got to have that deep down somewhere, and it's tougher coming off an injury like an Achilles. It's tough struggling for two years in a new place when people have high expectations of you. It's tough having one coach who's new at it, who hasn't found success and has some of the same shit going. It's tough that it's happening in Detroit and not in New England. How does he feel about it, though? What's the attitude? Does he feel confident he's going to bounce back? The team's going to bounce back? Dan Campbell knows what he's doing? Or is he just kind of doing what he can to hopefully maybe just, I don't know, get a second contract? Interested. Interested in the Jeff Okuda story. Think he's a sweet player too. Um, Like, would be badass 
if he could get to that level. We just have a lockdown corner again. There are some nice players on this team. The potential for cool, brandable, marketable NFL stars on this team. DeAndre Swift, filthy Jamison when he comes back. Filthy DJ Chark, kind of nice. Amon Ra, he's got a little swaggy to him. Penny Sewell, the left tackle, got a little something-something to him. Eh, Jared Goff, I don't know, but interesting story. Aiden Hutchinson has something to him. The former almost Heisman winner, Tracy Walker, had some swag with it. He'll come up and hit you, dude. He doesn't give a fuck. And then Jeff Okuda, a guy who goes by the name Free Hefe. <laughs> Feel good. Feel good. Good episode. I'm excited for episode two. Football's almost back. I'm obsessed with the Detroit Lions. I, I always forget the season ends and I'm so angry and so tired of it for the 24th year in a row. And I'm like, fuck these guys, man. Why do I care so much? Why do I get so invested? And then days like today happen and I'm like, wow, I'm going to go to bed tonight. Like, what if Jeff Okuda comes back and it's just locked down? Like, will we win nine games? It's going to be me in two hours. Episode two is going to be gnarly. Good episode tonight. Shout out Aiden Hutchinson. Billy Jean. Fucking unbelievable. I'll probably watch that again before bed. Appreciate everybody who listened, watched on YouTube, spread the word, supported the shirts. This came out Wednesday. We we're going to put the – or we have uh, in the store, the secondstring.com. The Piston Teals on a teal shirt will be on sale today only. Done at midnight. Don't sleep. I think that's all that I got, and we'll be back here Friday. So until then, hope everybody has a wonderful week. See you at the Super Bowl. <laughs>